You're listening to Super Power Up with multidimensional master, superpower expert, and former counterintelligence agent, Tonya Donrekla. If you're ready to disrupt reality, then sit down, strap in, and prepare to experience the show that proves there is no spoon. Hello, everyone. This is Tonya Don Reckla, your superpower expert, and you've joined us on Disrupt Reality. Today, we have such a treat for you. We're talking about the science of intention, and we have a delightful woman. She, she's infectious in her enthusiasm and her knowledge base. You just feel the depth of the wisdom that courses through her, and, and, and it just makes you hungry for more. And so, so I'd imagine if she's willing, we may, we may have her on the show a number of times. It seems like there's a, a, a lot of conversations that exist between us in spaces that you all are really fascinated with, right? So many of you are bridges from these um, constructed realities, these, these linear-based models, these, these traditional kind of motifs, and you've transitioned into these spaces that are, that are a bit abstract and a little bit out there, and you're not real sure how you're supposed to be threading in your previous nine to five in with, the, with all of this, but, but you're pretty sure they connect in there somehow. Well, I think she's a, a walking, talking embodiment of that, and so it's a delight to to be able to introduce her to you and to welcome her to the show and, and her brilliant body of work. And, 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 and Nisha, we really um, appreciate you you and what you're offered to the world. So Nisha Manic, everybody, um, join me in welcoming her. Nisha, thank you so much for coming on. Hey, Tony, I'm really glad to be on your show. Mm, well, we are so thrilled to have you here. Um, you know, j- just, just a, Anyway, I don't. Okay, okay. No, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna spill any secrets. We're just gonna jump right in and ask a question. I can be disciplined. I promise, because we're talking about the science of intention, and I can harness my own to do what I said I was gonna do here. Um, but I'm really excited just to dive into some deep conversations with you. And we'll start with asking, what are your superpowers? Very wonderful question, Tanya. And I just want to give you the the biggest best news ever for these listeners. And that is whatever is happening out there for you, you have the power to manage your inner world in such an excellent way that you can ride out the pandemic using your intention. We have superpowers that we have forgotten about. Dr. Bill Tiller, his data clearly shows that focused human intention has the power the energetic power to change materials out there. Not only that, Bill Tiller's work clearly demonstrates that focused human intention can benefit people in a very marvelous and succinct direction. Mm. I am going to just log off my email because you heard <laughs> Hold on. Hold hey. on. Hey, we're good. Okay, there we are. <laughs> I'm back. Perfect. Perfect. Yeah, we, this is life. This is real life. If we can't do this stuff in real life and demonstrate how that's done, then, then we're failing, I think. So we love <laughs> transparency here. Yeah. Um, well, I, I love what you're saying. And, and, and just to share with everybody, so Nisha wrote Bridging Science and Spirit, and she comes from that physics fake, extremely, extremely impressive resume. And, and what I love, though, Nisha, is you're so... Um, you know, you're so vocal and so so supportive of the work that you're building on top of, of Tiller's work. And one of the components of Superpower Experts, um, the directive from, from Spirit was so incredibly clear, like, we have to work together. We have to come together. We have to figure this out. 
And that's why the model for the network was was built on this idea of uplifting others in, in seemingly competitive spaces with yourself. And so, and how do we open those dialogues and how do we let other people's brilliance shine through and, and not feel threatened by it, but rather allow it to illuminate ourselves more fully. And, yeah. and, and that that's to me a big part of what you what you embody with with taking on this work, obviously brilliant in, in your own right, and yet willing to kind of see where that connects in with somebody else's brilliance and, and, and what gets crafted from that space, I think is it's kind of like the word two or more of you gather in my name, there also will I be oh, this, this yes. exponential component of, of what's possible. Yes, yes. Oh, beautifully said, Tanya. You know, when I was young, I grew up in Kenya. I was born and raised in East Africa, in Kenya. And um, so I grew up in a very Hindu household. So spirituality is front and center in my life. It's not a mystery mm. at all. And God is love. It's, and it has different colors and facets and flavors. But the divine, in, 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 as I understood it, and still understand it is something that is inseparable, inseparable mm. with everything I do. So I, I'm very much a, a truth seeker. And it was something I've done all my life. And, um, and you know, if I can share a little story, it's around my mom. You know, just, just picture this, you know, I, I was really young, maybe six or seven. And we would do daily meditation in, in our home. And my mom would lead that meditation. And she one day said, and my brothers and sisters, and I remember this very, very, like it happened yesterday, but he made a deep impression. When you pray in, in our faith, you give a little offering, whether it's a flower, incense, uh, fruit, you know, you take it to a temple, you give it in reverence to your God. And so in our home temple, we would put mango or a banana or something. And she turned to us and said, you know, would you ever offer something rotten to God? I mean, you know, overripe fruit or something. And I, mm -hmm. I was horrified. I thought, <laughs> oh, this makes no sense. I was like, oh, my mother, no, this is awful. Now, here's the thing that my wise mother had to say. She looked us straight in the eye and we were young. I was six or something like this and said, like that, offer your life in service to God in the ripeness of your youth. Don't wait till you're mm -hmm. 70 or 80 and you're in a walker and then your people do pilgrimages in later in life. And she says, that's okay. But what she was saying is offer your life in service, do thy will, God's will now. Get with the program, okay? <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I never forgot that. So, mm. so Nisha, you know, I would read widely. I, I In Kenya, we didn't have many resources, you know, and so, or universities, but I knew that that already informed me. So I always used to read, um, you know, whatever I could get my hands off. So whether it was National Geographic or Time Magazine, it was my window to the outer world, to the mm. bigger world, to the scientific adventures ahead. So on the one hand, the, the, the inner life, the immediate life, the daily life was anchored in spirit, no question about it. But there was this other life also, also taking shape that has as much reality and that was the world of science. And, mm -hmm. and, you know, 
when we ask a question in science, when we write an equation, we are trying to find the truth about nature. We're trying to find the truth about ourselves. There's no question about that, okay? So here we are. We have scientific method and the spiritual method. (laughs) Scientific method has a protocol in a lab in, in, you know, you take this medicine, this dose, point A will get you to point B. And we sort of know, we understand those variables. Imagine the same thing in spirit. You do this, you do the prostrations, you pray. And I can tell you, the more spiritual you become, the more scientific outcomes become too. <laughs> and in certain traditions, you know, in certain traditions, they actually ask the seeker, do you have certain things happening in your life, in your dreams, in your whatever, so that they are benchmarks, okay? So science and spirit are actually complementary ways to knowledge. Knowledge means of the higher kind of knowledge of ourselves. So what has happened, as I see it on the world now, Tonya, is the fact that the human genius, the homo sapien world that we have created is phenomenal, rational science. You know, we have investigated matter, the standard model in physics, and understood the Higgs boson, which gives mass to particles. That's the electromagnetic world. And we built towers and satellites and iPads and iPhones. And I can talk to Tanya right now because of the electromagnetic world. So that has overtaken us. It has powered us forward, but there's a missing piece here. Where was the consciousness all the time? Mm-hmm. It means that technology has overtaken us. And that we have, and and, you know, those questions are coming out in artificial intelligence because you can only have the next big breakthrough, not by algorithms and iterations of the same old models, but we need those geeks on those basements making those wonderful technology (laughs) to have meditation. They must expand their awareness to a bigger bandwidth than that they're capable of right now. Then I think that's what we're seeing is is what's leading to some of the um, tenuousness of of some of the models. We, uh, we need to take a quick break and I want to dive into this more deeply before we do Nisha, where can we send people to find out more information about you? Oh, thank you, Tanya. They can find out about me, nishamanikmd.com. So it's N I S H A. Manek, M-A-N-E-K, M-D.com, all one word. Oh, perfect, perfect. Well, folks, we've been talking with Dr. Nisha Manek today about the science of intention. When we come back from the break, we're going to dive in even more fully into into to what she's speaking about. Where is that relationship? And I know some of you are fascinated with the manifestation piece and how it fits in with spirituality, how it fits in with science. And um, you can go check out our, go to superpowerexperts.com forward slash messages if you're interested um our first series in the beginning um talks about that in terms of the the kind of how you start framing it up in a spiritual framework but but really with matter like nish is talking about so so i'm sure you all with with this with this quick taste here of her are excited to have her come back on so we'll take a quick break and we'll be right back 
Hello, everyone. This is Tonya Don Reckla, Executive Director of Superpower Experts. And we want to thank each of you for making Superpower Up the number one podcast network for personal development and spiritual growth. Because people like you have the courage to say that mindfulness, healthy living, disrupting reality, the pursuit of consciousness, responsible entrepreneurship, and radical parenting matter. We now amass over 1 million downloads monthly in more than 90 countries. Our numbers keep growing because there are far more people willing to live divergently than mass media wants to acknowledge. For you, the change makers, the light bearers, the way showers, we say thank you. If you're ready to take the next step in your evolution, go now to superpowerexperts.com and take the superpower quiz. And as Neva Lee Rekla, our youngest podcaster, likes to remind us, remember, we all have superpowers and we can change the world. Awesome. We're back. You're listening to Disrupt Reality on the Superpower Up Network. We're talking today about the science of intention with Nisha Manik. And before the break, I mean, you, you could, we could sit and listen to her all day, right? Like it just flows out of her, the information and how it all ties together and, and where the intersections are. But And she touched on a really important piece here in terms of if we, if we look at science as something separate from spirituality, but yet we if we can elevate ourselves and kind of see the commonalities and the threads and we start to see how they work together. I, I call it um, like, I see like the divine design everywhere, right? Like it just pops out of everything. If the vantage point is high enough. And I think some of what you're speaking to is, you know, it's hard when we're looking at the material world, when we're looking at circumstances, when we're looking at, you know, our preferences, our opinions on things, you know, how insulted we want to be by this, that, or the other. And, and it's hard sometimes to see beyond that to the, okay, okay, but why, right? It, it, why? It's, it, and, and as opposed to, 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 you know, kind of seeing the forest for the trees, right? Like, like it's, it's challenging to get that level of vantage point. Um, but I think what you were speaking to was, was the, that being kind of the next thing we have to take a look at, right? We have to look at where we can reinfuse spirituality in and spirits guidance into the, the this amazing creative potential right absolutely you know so i'm a medical doctor by profession you know and i'm not a physicist <clears throat> so i come and i'm very scientific in in the way i think it's the way i do my work i analyze things i analyze chemistry and I analyze, and I'm a rheumatologist, so I deal with chronic diseases, people with rheumatoid arthritis and lupus. And, you know, right now, you, and, and people who are listening to this may recognize that the current um, conversation in the virus treatment is the drugs I use every day. So rheumatology is front and center. Now, I was at the Mayo Clinic in Minnesota. I trained at Stanford, and I went to Minnesota, where which is... The, the clinic I spent most of my career in rheumatology, more than just about a dozen years, actually. So here I am in the pinnacle of wonderful scientific randomized control data to inform doctors in how to approach diseases properly. But there was something I, and we all have known this, and that is, the human is much, much more than just the biochemistry. We're not just a bag of molecules walking around. So to do anatomy and physiology is good. It's a very important part of medicine, but we are, we're energetic beings. We're informational beings. We are conscious beings. And most of all, we're spiritual beings. We're just having a physical existence. 
So when you just look at the body just by itself, you're missing a whole other piece of what makes Homo sapiens, Homo sapiens special. And this is where I think when I was investigating um, the subtle energies, the acupuncture meridian system for a textbook, that's where I bumped into William Tiller. And he calls it subtle energies. We call it biofield. There's this, it's the same thing, really. And so when I ran into his work, I, I really knew. I couldn't understand his papers. They're full of equations and terms in physics that I, I couldn't wrap my head around. But I knew just by reading um, and what I could gather that there's something really important here. And, and the, the, the biggest notion here was this consciousness and intention are linked your consciousness does things it does that by intention if your consciousness is developed enough awake enough aware enough you do that by meditation by the way then when you're when you intend something it's like a laser beam a laser beam is very coherent information it has great power to change things out there. And I'll tell you, when I contacted Tiller uh, from the Mayo Clinic, <clears throat> and when we first met in Scottsdale, he said one thing very clearly. At first he says, you know, I, I don't think you belong in physics. This is not your realm. You belong in medicine. You clearly know your stuff. You shouldn't be mm -hmm. meddling in physics. So but he had a change of mind and the phone call that he had, and I put it in my book because it was so important what he said. The first thing he said is, if Nisha, I have had thoughts about your proposal to come and st study in, in Arizona. The first thing is, I want you to be able to translate some of my work because medicine is stuck in chemistry. It needs mm. to develop something much more because you're, you're not just chemistry and medicine is clearly stuck and it needs to have information which it will not get. You, you're getting a little bit from psychology, but you are much more. And I think if you can do that, service for your colleagues. The second thing was, and this is where... He got my attention. He got my attention big time. And I'm, I'm poised on the end of the phone line, like, okay, what next? What, what, what does he want from me? He says, I will work with you and unless you promise me one thing, and that is please meditate daily. Hmm. Meditation daily. Now, let's step back, Tonya. Just imagine this physicist. I met him only once calls me up and says, I will work with you. That means I've entered a very rarefied field, first of all. You don't, don't just get invited <laughs> by a magnificent mind like his. He's like Albert Einstein or, you know, mm. people have said that he should win the Nobel Prize. And I think he should because he's pushed the boundaries beyond anything conceivable. Mm. So here's something, Tonya. I'm at the end of the phone line and I was beyond excited. Why? I told you, to me, spirituality is my life and center. And I was missing that. I was so intellectual. Now, this Dr. Tiller is saying, please meditate. And when I thought about it, 
when I applied to Stanford, when I applied for a residency, when I applied for jobs, nowhere, not one company or institution has ever said to the applicant, do you meditate? Mm -hmm. Do you see what he, he already saw our humankind is going to go that way. And I remember thinking, why are you asking me that? But he says, in future, humankind will put more emphasis on this, that they're going to look at the inner, the, the human being that is vital, that is innovative, that has a bandwidth of consciousness way beyond just your narrow confines. And once you can do that, you'll be nimble and you'll serve mankind in a much richer way. I was hooked, man. I, you know, yeah, I went, I went to the chairman the next morning. <laughs> <laughs> I, I got to do this. And my chairman thought, what? You're, no, we need you here. And so anyway, I had to bargain. And yeah, uh, so, so here's Dr. Tiller, who is like a sage. And he just happens to know mathematics. Right? He is such an inner development, developed human being, just an immense mind. And he was at Stanford for all of much of his career, 35 years plus, material science and engineering. And I think, Tonya, his engineering mind uh, or mindset really helped here. Why? Because engineers naturally connect the dots, they bridge big gaps in things, in concepts. And what Tiller did was he stands in front and he says, okay, the biggest unknown here is consciousness. He, he knew that, okay? He says, I'll do all my research in Stanford, do all the conventional things, make new materials. That's what material science does. They create new materials for industry. Okay, that was his expertise. And he was also an expert in crystals. So he knew symmetries, symmetrical uh, configurations are part and parcel of nature, how it behaves, okay? It's the underlying sort of one of the uh, beauties of how nature expresses itself. So he knew crystals, symmetry states, and he knew engineering. And so he, he was poised to have all this wonderful linear knowledge, mathematical, quantitative, measurable, scientific discipline behind him, but here's what he really did, and I, and I think he was very courageous. And he did this in the 1970s. You know, he was an Oxford scholar. He went to the United Kingdom with Jean, his wife. And when they were there in Oxford, he took a book called The Psychic Discoveries uh, Behind the Iron Curtain. Now, this book goes into how the mind controls machines and things out there without any physical control. So he was very intrigued by this, and he wondered, how can these crazy stuff coexist with my normal work at Stanford? I mean, this is clearly there. We know these things happen, but the, the laws in science don't seem to um, explain it satisfactorily, but they're there. And, and, and just because our science, as we know it now, don't explain it doesn't mean those phenomena are fake. I think right. well, and, and I want to jump in here because I want I want you all to hear what she's saying here in the sense that part of the challenge here is that when that kind of a dichotomy exists, when we have that separation and we're trying to build a foundation on top of a separation, there's an inevitability of its collapse. 
And yeah. that's what's occurring. If we don't do this integrative work into these systems and these processes, and, and for those of you who don't really aren't really following, like, well, what is that work? Ironically, a lot of it starts with that internal embodiment, that internal integrative work, because as, as, as outside, so inside, and all, all of those wonderful sayings that we all have, if the if the reflection, the projection that you're seeing isn't presenting a way that feels harmonious with, with your beliefs and your views of the world, then there's a chance that you hold some beliefs and some views of the world that you're not aware that you hold. And it's, and, it, and they're broadcasting out and creating kind of the, this experience that you're having. And so when Isha says, it's not that they aren't real. They're very real, and but 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 it's you know what I keep saying is that in a constructed reality, everything is as equally unreal as it is real. The issue is what is the intention? What is what are we? How are we taking that that conscious that to the highest extent possible, the consciousness that we can grip, and how are we using it to channel that information in a very specific way? And if we don't start organizing things, look look at the internet as a great example. The internet's a freaking mess right now because the organizational structure wasn't set before information started piling on top of it. Many of you in the content space have experienced that in your businesses. You're, you're, you're producing material, producing material, but with no framework and, and, and organizational structure behind it, it's not consumable and people can't follow it, right? So, so, so we're seeing signs of it everywhere and it's all speaking to the exact same issue, which is that fissure that exists between how we perceive of the material world and how we perceive of the spiritual world. Those things have to get reconciled. Yes. Yes. Nicely put, nicely put. So, you know, here we have, you know, this intangible thing we call intention, which is a tool of consciousness, right? And um, Tiller took a very interesting twist to the question in medicine, Tanya, when I think of consciousness, I think of the brain. Uh, we do brain imaging. We know what happens with depression or with pain. Uh, what are the patterns of the brain uh, that might help us understand certain uh, emotional types, which is their consciousness? Now, Tiller said, that's fine. Um, but consciousness is more primary. It's not locked in your skull. It's, the brain is not the source of it. The brain is like a very fancy receiver. It's an incredible instrument, very sophisticated. And it's like a muscle. The more you train the biceps with your dumbbell, the more you pump your, your brain with your uh, willingness and awareness to do just even a little bit of mindfulness and meditation, you're pumping your brain, okay? And you can redevelop your brain. We know that. You can train your brain to be different. So your consciousness is more primary. It's, mm -hmm. it's an everywhereness. So then this intangible thing, how do you test it? You can't put it in a flask or a crucible, right. you know? And, and so this is where Tiller's genius was. As I've said, humans have the capacity, and this is the world over. This isn't new work. This is well-known, well-established that human can affect a device or a machine without touching it. It really is true. And we know this from random number generators. This is the work out of Princeton, the Princeton Engineering Anomalous Research Lab or PEAR Lab 
very important work. And there's, of, of course, Dan Radin in psychokinesis and others. So there are many who have done similar kind of work that human consciousness, and if it's directed enough, and when I say directed, now you have focused consciousness, which is intent. That's mm-hmm. your intent. Beautiful. So right. how can people start, um, Leslie, we just, have, we just have a few more moments left. How can people really start he- narrowing that in? Do, what's something they can start doing today to, to learn how to, how to kind of um, make that intention a little more myopic? Yeah. The first thing, you're aware of this, that you have awareness even by listening to this program. Oh, intent. When you start to focus, you're aware. And next step, you're willing to go there. Cannot say, I cannot do this, my monkey mind. Yes. Your mind, Tanya, is 99% silent. And in one corner, like a giant stadium, every seat is empty in that stadium. But in one corner of that stadium is a radio blaring loudly. Your whole attention is on that radio. But guess what? Everyone's mind is 99% silent. Once you've got that, okay, if you understand that, now you can go there. So once the monkey mind arises, you let it be. Become impersonal to it. Impersonal means the heart is beating impersonally. The lungs are breathing impersonally. We don't, we're not take, being personal about the heart or the lungs. Mm-hmm. The mind is doing its thing. It's not your mind. It's a collective. Once you know that, that this thing that's floating here and my mother-in-law floated off there and my child is homeschooling now, you know, all of that, it's real. All I'm saying is for five minutes, you watch that and you do not get attached. You just say, oh, the radio is going on. But the mind... Your mind is silent. Start tapping into that. Align there. That little practice will help you. And if it's really tough, tough, breathe. Breathe in Mm -hmm. and breathe out. Just anchor into the breath. The breath is so powerful. Every rishi, every teacher, every tiller, even nishamanic, we breathe. I teach my (laughs) this, okay, at the bedside. I switch off the light in my office. Computers on, we don't, we don't pay any attention. We both breathe in and we breathe out for five minutes. What's the hurry? Beautiful. What's the hurry? Yeah. Beautiful. Well, thank you so much. Um, Nisha, we so appreciate you and all the work that you're doing in the world. And let's remind people again where they can go to find out more about you. Oh, thank you, Tonya. It's nishamanekmd.com, N-I-S-H-A-M-A-N-E-K, md.com and i hope tonya we can do this again we've barely scratched the surface i know it's so amazing these, these things go so quickly and I, I i just can't thank you enough for your your candid share of this deep wisdom that you hold and i'm sure there are many many more conversations between us thank um, you and for, <clears throat> excuse me for all of you out there be sure you go sign up for the messages keep the conversation going superpowerexperts.com forward slash messages. I'm, I'm going to perfect this. I promise. I have to do like tongue twister exercises. Um, but you can site and get, get links to Nisha's site and to the messages and everything else. And, and if, as always, we appreciate your loyalty. We know you all are listening and you're sharing with your friends, especially right now, folks, when people need, need to hear a uh, uh, proof that, that it, that there, it is worthwhile to have hope. We've been talking today about the science of intention 
take those steps to heart, folks, and, and really implement those into your existence. Until next time, go out, uncover your superpowers, and change the world, everyone. Take care. We love you all. Are you ready to discover your superpowers? Go now to superpowerexperts.com and take the superpower quiz today.